as a parent, there are things that I've said to my kids. And it's like, I catch myself and I'm like, I shouldn't say that. Um, I don't want them to think less of themselves. I want them to realize they're a beloved child of God, that they were created in His image and likeness, that they are uniquely gifted and talented. And even though they're not like me, that's a good thing. I don't want them to be like me. I want them to be like Christ. Not am I being more like an introvert or anything. Am I being like Christ? If I'm an introvert, am I being like Christ? If I'm able to extrovert and introvert almost equally, the question is, am I being like Christ? Welcome to the Developing Great Relationships podcast, where we are having conversations to help you understand God's design for great relationships and how to develop the habits needed to achieve it. Now here is your host, Joshua Verwers. So we've been talking about extroversion and introversion, and you would think by now we would have been done. Well, we got one more episode for you. It's a conversation about extroversion, introversion, and we're going to wrap this up with talking about how that will affect our relationships and what we can do to have a great relationship. So that conversation starts right now. Okay, so uh, we, were, we left off. We were talking about children, about kids, about school, and and I kind of want to talk if we got some time about uh, even workplace stuff, but we really left off about kids. You know, it's one thing as adults, we've got some life experiences, we can cope and handle a little bit more, um, even though rejection affects us all, but for kids, that can be so just destructive on their whole outlook when we say things like, why are you so quiet? Um, why don't you just go do this? What's wrong with you? Uh, what does, what does that do to a kid? How does that affect them? Anytime the child feels that the parents believe there's something wrong with them, the child believes there's something wrong with them. Mm. That's mom and dad, you know, uh, the little six, seven year old girl who's quiet, reflective. Uh, doesn't talk to mommy like mommy believes that she should. Right. Is chastised by mom. Why don't you say something? You know, why don't you talk to mommy? Um, and that child is very hurt. Goes back and thinks, "What's the matter with me?" Mm-hmm. You know. Doesn't have any mental mechanisms to process that information. He believes I'm flawed, right? uniquely flawed as an individual. My mother and my father have told me I'm flawed, I'm broken. They don't have any mechanism by which they can repair that. Mm. They just begin down the road and this filter of being flawed exists in their brain. So some of them become angry and rebel. Some of them will say, what do you expect? I'm flawed. And they will suffer tremendously. Um, yeah. They will get married and sabotage the marriage, you know, and think, well, I'm flawed. Nobody right. would want me the way I am. Nobody would love me the way I am. Oh, My no. own mother thinks I'm broken. Jeez, you know, who would want me? And um, it has a pronounced effect on the life of that child. Um, the extroverted child who can't hold still is, you know, 
probably thinking, why would I want to in the first place? Right. But, you know, if they think at all, but, but really believing that mom and dad are mad at them. Yeah. You know, mom and dad don't love them. Mom and dad don't want them. And so um, it becomes very painful. So they begin developing an outside life. As much as they can, they get out. Yeah. I, I, I want to... I want to hit a stick of pin right where we're at because I want to kind of preface this. I, I guarantee there are mothers and fathers listening to this right now and they're immediately beating themselves up thinking, what have I done to my child? How could I have done this? And I just want to let them know that they're hearing this, that for those of us that are in Christ Jesus, there is therefore no condemnation. Don't beat yourself up on this. There, you, the scripture talks about how my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And there's a component of that that can be applied to this situation that yes, we've probably done some damage to our children or our parents have done some damage to us, but it comes from a place of ignorance, a lack of knowledge rather than any ill will or, or spite. And so I just don't want those that are listening to be beating themselves up on this and saying, what have I done? What have I done? Instead, what I would like them to do is just hear what we're saying, find the instruction that can come from this. And instead of focusing on the past, let's move forward. Let's start now. And what can we do for our children now? What can we do for our grandchildren? What can we do for our friends, our neighbors, our other family members to help them see these things? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to, I wanted to kind of preface that a little bit. Because it just kind of like hit me all of a sudden, the, the weight of this. Because as a parent, there are th- things that I have said to my kids. And it's like, I catch myself. and I'm like, I shouldn't say that. Um, I don't want them to think less of themselves. I want them to realize they're a beloved child of God. That they were created in His image and likeness. That they are uniquely gifted and talented. And even though they're not like me, that's a good thing. I don't want them to be like me. I want them to be like Christ. So I just, I I needed to throw that, (laughs) throw that in there. It's okay because you're getting to the point I always make with couples and couples therapy and individuals and individuals where once you identify the problem, we just identified it. Yeah. Do not waste one minute on it. Right. Do that which is right in the sight of God. Yeah. And forget about your mistakes. They're as far away as the east is from the west. Right. He remembers our sin no, no more. more. Yeah. And this is the sin of narcissism, wanting the child to be just like us, uh, interpreting right. the world through own. Everyone does this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everyone does this. The simplest thing to do is love your child, which means not the emotional love, but the actions. Right. Do you walk up to your child for no reason? Just give him a hug and say, I love you. I think you're wonderful. Yeah. And turn around and walk away. Yeah. Hit yeah. and run. I call it a hit and <laughs> the run. The hit and run, yeah. Yeah, you just walk up to your child and, you know, put your hand on their shoulder and say, I think you're wonderful. Yeah. And walk away. <clears throat> the child must feel and believe that the parent loves them the way they are without any performance at all. Right. Not having done anything, not having said anything. But they're just loved as they are, which we all need, that unconditional love and acceptance. Yeah. 
That's what the child needs. So make a list of the terms you use that are inappropriate. What's the matter with you? Cat got your tongue. Can't you sit still? And recognize that you use them. Yep. Recognize that you say them and commit to not using them again. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And when you feel that urge to be frustrated, give your child a hug. That's really good. If Johnny's running back and forth, kind of nutso, say, just a minute, just a minute, just a minute, and give him a hug. Right. Well, and because and part of this with the kids, it's a different thing than as, as adults. When somebody hurts us, we often let them know they hurt us. Um, sometimes there are unhealthy ways that we let them know, but we let them know. With children, it, it's, it doesn't happen. It, it doesn't happen where the children will let you know, mom, dad, that hurt. Yeah, they may let you know in their teenage years with rebellion, rejection. Yeah disobedience you'll see the results of that hurt but it's like it's not an early hey you just stepped on my toe type of a deal they they don't do that and i think that's for us as parents and not even as parents i mean this goes to adults Uh, we we had talked about in school with kids a a kid's not going to be able to tell the teacher hey i just can't focus and pay attention they're just going to start fidgeting and moving around And so we as the adults who should have more knowledge and should have more understanding, we should be the ones to try to serve the child and really help them. Uh, So that's where I think we need to be able to recognize they're different. There's a different personality. That doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean they're good. It just means they're different. Recognize that difference. And then what can I do to help them? What can I do to... Mm -hmm. To serve Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah. This translates into the workplace and the adult. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have mechanisms by which we're able to deal with rejection. But the subtleness in the workplace where you often cannot say a thing. It is your job. Yeah. It is the support for your family and care for your family. You have to, quote, endure it. Right, right. It's our responsibility to understand ourselves and our need for things. And sometimes just our way of functioning will irritate an opposite. Extroverts can irritate introverts. I give the example in my seminars of an extrovert being hired at a job where there's study carols, there's carols all around, and it's an open environment, but it's all quiet, and they're sitting down, and they think, well, this is really cool, and they're answering the phone, talking to people, and they get up walk around, and they talk to folks, and they socialize, and they go back. About the third day, notices people are not available. Like, mm-hmm. oh, and George sees him coming, and he says, hey, he's coming, and everybody looks like they're on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Because they're all introverts, and they don't want to talk to the extrovert all the time. Very rejecting. Yeah. The extrovert thinks, they don't like me. Right. You know? And it's not about you. We will feel not wanted, not loved, which is a horrible feeling. Right. You know, people we've only known for a few days, that pain of rejection is unbelievable. And we have to remember that God understands that. We reject Him. People who do reject Jesus Christ and do not accept Him as Lord and Savior go to hell. 
Yeah. That's powerful stuff, Brody. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so um, God does not like divorce. Rejecting your spouse. That's right. naughty. <laughs> yeah. It's not allowed. And so in every way, the rejection of another person is really bad. We're not supposed to do it. It's very painful for people in the workplace when they think there's something wrong with them, just as the child does. Yeah. There's something about the authority of the environment. Um, everybody that's there, sometimes it doesn't work. I have a relative who is an accountant, and I ask him, did you have a good day? He says, no, nobody came in. <laughs> I was able to work, get a lot of stuff done. Nobody chit-chat, right. bothered to talk to him. Hmm. He loves people. He's very social, gregarious, but he wants to work quietly right. and get the stuff done. I really admire that, Yeah, value that. Well, so, and this type of, you know, this goes to that mental energy type of a deal where obviously people are starting to get depleted on that. And then here comes in the rejection because it's like, you're draining me. Uh, you're sucking the, the life energy out of me. I don't want to be around you. We see that with the family. We see that with marriages. We see that in the workplace. We also see that in churches. We can see that in churches with I, maybe I see it a lot with the meet and greet times that a lot of church does. Um, and I don't want to get into the methodology on whether or not either you should or you shouldn't have those meet and greet times. I think that's for each individual church to, uh, to recognize. But one of the, there's some, a component about that when if I'm an introvert that just came into a church for the first time and now the person up at the, the stage up at the pulpit is saying, I want you to turn around and greet the next 10 people. What is that experience like for an introvert? I mean, I'm an extrovert, so I have no problem doing that. But how does that affect an introvert? It makes them pretty uncomfortable sometimes. And um, it depends on their skill level. And in some ways, this goes back to the original environment. If mom and dad are loving and flexible and they impart that to the children they may be able to handle that and be flexible and take care of that. Okay. If, yeah. if the environment has been rigid and, you know, they find this threatening, then they're very uncomfortable. And they will think, you know, I have to be loving and kind and, and I'm not being a good Christian and all the things that go through their head of, I'm letting Jesus down. Oh, yeah. my goodness gracious, you know. Um, it's a problem in the church, you know. Um, I um, the only extrovert out of a, a couple, three guys that, that take care of the readings and the things in the church and elder duties and praying for people publicly. And and um, I um, have to be careful not to think that they're rejecting me because they don't talk to me. The two introverts. Mm -hmm. And so I encourage them to text me to yeah. let me know whatever avenue works for them. And because um, they'll tend to forget. They'll think I know what they're thinking. Right. And so um, I cannot interpret that wrongly. They're loving people. Yeah. They're kind people. Yeah. 
a lot of these experiences that we face as adults, regardless of our personality types, the our ability to cope with them and manage those situations has a direct link to our childhood and how we grew up, how how we dealt with those experiences growing up, how we were treated. Yeah. Is that a fair assessment on that? Mom and dad model Christ-like behavior or not. Oh, <laughs> okay. And, and so we, if we're focusing on punishing ourselves for making errors, that's the wrong thing to do. If, if we have a tendency to say, what's the matter with you to our child, uh, and we focus on that, punishing ourselves for doing that, that's wrong. Focus on Christ. Yeah. Focus on loving and accepting. Don't worry about the past mistakes. We have a bucket load of them. Each and every one of us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So it's important for us to recognize but not make excuses. Find the reasons, not the excuses type of a deal. I'm an introvert. I can't do that. (laughs) Don't make me do that. There's no good excuse for not being like Christ? What's the matter with you? Why do you make me do that? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because this is th- that introvert extrovert is is so powerful. Actually, while I'm thinking about this, let me take one more detour here. Okay. Because I love doing tangents. You know that about me. Ambiverts, the the introverted extrovert, the extroverted introvert. Is there really such a thing? Well, the truth of the matter is, that there are some folks who are able to extrovert and introvert quite well. The thing is, when do they run out of energy? And probably you see it most often in their 30s. How long can you keep the extrovert in the office with the door shut and no windows? When do they begin to crack? (laughs) (laughs) One day, two days, three days, you know? Yeah. They may be able to take it a long time. For an example, I can spend three or four days on the computer writing code, doing psychometrics, and introverting. It's taken decades to do that. Yeah. And yes, of course, afterwards, my wife has to drive me around, put the window (laughs) down, let me stick my head out. out. (laughs) You know, I I have to recover. Yeah. Uh, Introverts can talk and go to big seminars or go to big conferences and extrovert for days. But at the end of it, what are they doing? They're hiding. They're recharging their battery. Yes, we can do both. We all do both. Yeah. uh, On varying degrees. Yeah, and when we understand the difference and you learn to love the difference, then you actually get better at being able to do what is less comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. I'm able to think and reflect and do introverted behavior much more because I'm not so busy trying to keep myself happy mm. with extroverted behavior. Ouch, that one stung. Our flesh, <laughs> our flesh messes with us. It, it does. Yeah. 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 So when I think about this, and, and we keep pulling this all back around. And we're going to continue to do that as we go through some more of these personality types. But I keep bringing it around to we need to be more like Christ. If I'm an extrovert, 
it needs to be a case of not am I being more like an introvert or anything? Am I being like Christ? If I'm an introvert, am I being like Christ? If I'm able to extrovert and introvert almost equally, the question is, am I being like Christ? That's right. That's right. It's not thinking about so much the extroversion and introversion. It's thinking about Jesus. Yeah. And never let that drift out of our mind. You know, uh, we're to reflect and think on him. We're to ponder him. As extrovert, I'm to read the scripture and think about what it says and how it applies to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not to pick and choose, which a lot of denominations do today, what makes me feel good. Right. But I'm oftentimes to pick and choose what's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like I, it's something that I, I say a lot to to a lot of the Christians that I know. Um, and I, I think I've mentioned it earlier in one of our episodes was that Jesus told us as he was getting ready to departure, he said, you know, uh, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to send a helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit to be with you. And my question's always been, if we're comfortable, why do we need the comforter? But yet Jesus told us that we needed him. And so if we need the comforter, well, we need to be uncomfortable in those moments. And to me, the personality types is really a very good reason to be uncomfortable and to be more like Christ, to rely on that power of the Holy Spirit. The cross is not comfortable. (laughs) No. We're told to pick it up daily and follow him. That's good. We need to recognize that um, our flesh, our desire to feel good, will cause us a lot of trouble. We will act and behave, talk in ways that tend to make us feel good about ourselves, our pride. We're told to discipline our flesh. That's uncomfortable. Right. When it comes to type, we can't change the way we are. We can't, I can't make myself be an introvert. Yeah. But I can actually embrace introversion, Mm. learn to accept it and enjoy it. Even though at times it's uncomfortable, I can say, so what? I'm uncomfortable. Right. It's our attitude that's important. Yeah. Our attitude of loving Christ and loving our brothers and sisters. Yeah. Yeah. If I were to try to kind of summarize, especially with the E and the I, and we've talked about how they are, uh, it's a lot of the mental energy is where that friction really comes from. Um, And I think about this in, you know, almost like an exercise term. The more we exercise a muscle that's weak, the stronger it gets. But for there to be real growth and real strength to develop, it also needs rest. Mm-hmm. And so what I've found is I'm strong in extroversion. I'm mm-hmm. weak in introversion. Mm-hmm. And so I have to continue to practice that, to take up that cross. Mm-hmm. But I need to recognize and be very self-aware in those times when I need to recharge my battery. 
Yeah, we're each responsible for conservation of our own energy. Yeah. I don't sound like a green guy. Right, but, uh, right. But we I am a tree hugger, but <laughs> Yeah. But it is it's it is our responsibility. We're yes. the ones that are ultimately yes. responsible yes. for this. We Nobody can't, else is. We don't get to blame other people. I, I we can try it, but then we're no better than Adam and Eve in the garden. Yeah, Josh, you forgot to fix me today. Yeah, There's, yeah. Uh, and so we've got to take that responsibility and like you keep saying it's our responsibility to take up our cross daily. That's right. So that's good. Uh, well, this has been good on really diving in on the E and the I, the extra, extroversion and introversion. Um, we're going to wrap that up for this, uh, this episode. And when we pick up on the next episode, let's jump into the S and the N, the sensing and intuition. We'll get into those mental functions. That will be a blast. And other things that go bump in the night. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope you enjoyed looking at personality types and how that can really affect us in all of our relationships. If you did enjoy this episode, I would just encourage that you could share this with your friends, with your family by using the social media links below. And until next time, we will just see you on the episode so we can all develop great relationships.